Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. Well, good morning, my friends. How are you? Welcome to Anger 911. I am your host, Janet Pfeiffer. I am the undoctor of anger, and what a beautiful way to start today's show with Mercy Me, and I can only imagine. For me, that is one of the greatest love songs of all time. And ironically, that's what we're going to be talking about today. The one key to make love last forever. Now, what does that have to do with anger? Well, it has a lot because when you're in a loving relationship and things aren't going smoothly and that relationship is in jeopardy of ending, there's a lot of anger involved. All right. So believe me, it's all going to tie in. So thank you so much for joining us. It's the day before Valentine's Day, the day for lovers all over the world to celebrate their feelings for one another. But you know what? There's a lot of people who are not in a romantic relationship. So what does that mean? Does that mean that just because you don't have a love in your life, you know, an intimate partner, that you can't celebrate this day of love? Of course not. You know what? I went through a divorce 31 years ago, and I realized that my husband wasn't the only person in my life that I loved. There were so many other people that I could celebrate this day with. My children, my parents, my family, my best friend. Do you know what I did one year? I, I was very involved with my church at the time, and I actually, I, I loved all the people that I worked with. I loved the priests. I loved the deacons. I loved the secretaries in the office and all of the people in the different ministries. And so what I did was I baked a huge platter of heart-shaped Valentine's Day cookies, and I brought it over to them. It was my way of letting them know how important they were to me. So you know what? Don't discourage if there isn't that one special person in your life. There is, right? You just have to decide who that one is, and maybe there's more. If you're blessed, there's many more than just one. So let that person know. Let all of those people know just how special they are to you. Don't miss out on this day simply because you don't have you know, that intimate relationship. So today's show is brought to you by Pfeiffer Power Seminars. We are your premier resource for all of your interpersonal training needs. And we're leaders in the field of anger management, conflict resolution, emotional wellness, and relationships. And we've been providing innovative workshops to businesses, schools, churches, and wellness centers for nearly 20 years. When anger and conflict are the problem, we are the solution. So visit us at PfeifferPowerSeminars.com. 
Pfeiffer.com. That's P-F-E-I-F-F-E-R. PfeifferPowerSeminars.com. Or call us at 973-697-1904. And if your business doesn't have a website yet, you are losing business. Customers and clients expect businesses to have a website. And if your nephew designed it, trust me, it's time for an upgrade. Either way, Bellamy Tech offers professional web design and maintenance at super affordable prices. So whether you want a simple web presence, the Business Express, or the full professional presence, Bellamy Tech is your premier choice in web design. Give Amy a call at 973-875-8886. Or visit BellamyTech.com. That's B-E-L-L-A-M-Y. BellamyTech.com. And check out some of her designs. And send her an email at Amy at BellamyTech.com. And did you know that in today's economic times, your credit score controls every aspect of your life? We can no longer ignore this reality or just brush it aside to do tomorrow. The longer you wait, the longer it will take to fix any errors or issues. The real truth is that your payment history is only one part, just one of the five secrets to maintaining and building a good credit score. So stop running from your financial report card. Start the journey back to financial freedom and keep more money in your pockets. Check out tinyurl.com forward slash credit builder or call Louise DiSclefani at 973-546-3061 or you could send her an email at louise at creditbuildermaven.com. And I just want to update you as to where I'm going to be over the next several weeks. Well, at 10 o'clock this morning, I'll be doing a show for CNN. So when you're done listening to this show, go to your TV, click turn on CNN, and there you will see my smiling face. (laughs) I'm going to be talking about the California shooter, Christopher Dorner, who has allegedly shot and killed three people, um, some of whom were police officers. So you definitely want to listen to that. I'll be talking about what's inside the mind of someone like Christopher Dorner. And I want to let you know that I have some lectures coming up. Uh, My new book, The Great Truth, Shattering Life's Most Insidious Lies that Sabotage Your Happiness along with the Revelation of Life's Sole Purpose is doing extraordinarily well. I will be speaking at the Nurtured Spirit in Warwick, New York on Thursday evening, February 28th at 7 p.m. So check out my website. Go to FeifferPowerSeminars.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. You'll see a little link that says, Speaking of Janet, my calendar of events. And so I post all of these things I keep updating that on a regular basis. So the Nurtured Spirit in Warwick, New York on February 28th at 7 p.m. And I'll be at the New Life Expo in on the weekend of March 22nd to the 24th. Don't have the details of that yet. They don't let me know until about two weeks before the event exactly what day and time I will be speaking. But uh, definitely keep checking out my uh, calendar of events. And I have a big anniversary coming up. Oh my gosh, March 14th will be my first anniversary of hosting Anger 911. And first of all, I just want to say thank you so much to Dean, who is the owner of this station, and to my engineer, Chad. You guys are absolutely the best. Uh, Because of you, I'm able to bring this information and share it in countries, 195 countries worldwide, you know, to four and a half list, four and a half million listeners. Well, I don't know how many of them tune into my show, but a significant number, I'm sure. You know, this is a hot topic. This is something that we all deal with. And so I am so grateful for W4CY. They are the station that hosts this show and many, many others. And you know what? If you want to have your own radio show, give me a call at 973-697-1904. I'll I'll explain to you how it all works and how it has really benefited me and how it has helped me to sell more of my books and grow my company. It can do the same for you as well. If you want to advertise on my show, I mean, you can certainly do that as well. Uh, Being that it's my first anniversary, I do have some special rates coming up. I really want to make things reasonable for small business owners because I know it's hard. We don't have a budget. To advertise, and yet it's it's important to growing our business. So that will be that email blast will be going out this week. But if you want to get in on it a little bit sooner, because I do have a limited number of advertisers that I can take on, send me an email at Janet at Anger nine one one dot net, and I'll let you know all about that. But I do want to tell you that I'm doing something. 
uh, special for my first anniversary. And I'm actually going to be doing a four-part series. So it will be four consecutive weeks. And I'm going to, going to be talking about how do, you, how do you reduce or eliminate the amount of pain and suffering in your life? Because we all have a significant amount of it, right? But believe it or not, there is a way that you can significantly reduce that and in some areas eliminate suffering altogether, right? I'm not talking about physical pain and suffering. I'm talking about the emotional and the spiritual aspects. You can dramatically reduce the amount of anger and frustration and drama and chaos in your life. And you can create more happiness and success and love, which is what we're going to be talking about today, more serenity and joy. And you know what? We're all pursuing these things, but we're all pursuing them in, in, in different ways. When I tell you the one key to attracting all of that into your life. And there's only one thing that you need to pursue. And when you do it, happiness, success, joy, health, all of that is a natural byproduct of this one um, achievement. So you definitely want to tune into that. Um, I'll, I'll keep you posted. There'll be more details as we get closer to March 14th. So let's get into today's topic. I absolutely love this topic. And I'll tell you why. Um, I'm, I'm a romantic at heart. I, I love love. What can I say? I mean, loving someone brings me so much joy. I once posted a question on LinkedIn and I said, where is there greater joy in loving or in being loved? And so many people responded in being loved. Like it was important to them to know that there were people who loved them. And I, and I, so my response to that was, well, what if somebody loves you and you don't really care about them? <laughs> does, does it make you feel good? And, and people were responding, no, not really. I said, but what does it feel like when you love someone else? Isn't that the most amazing feeling in the world? And, and people responded affirmatively, but they hadn't thought about it. So there's much greater joy in loving others than there is in being loved. I have no control over how people feel about me. I don't, you know, I can't determine whether or not you love me or not. I, I can't make that happen. But I can choose to love others. And that's what I want to talk about today. So it's not just about being in love. We're not just talking about a romantic love, right? What, what I'm going to be covering really applies to every one of our loving relationships. But I want you to think about the number of times that you have actually been in love. And in love usually refers to a romantic relationship. You know, you're a teenager and you fall in love with that cute boy who sits next to you in algebra class. Or you, you know, you're a, you're a young adult working and you meet someone and, and you really become infatuated with them, which, by the way, is not love. I think infatuation is more about uh, hormones and chemistry. I don't think it really has too much to do with love. But how many times have you actually felt that you were in love? Have you ever been in a relationship or been married and then at some point that relationship ends because one or both of you have fallen out of love? And I have, you know what, <laughs> I don't know where that whole idea came from. Where did the concept of falling in and out of love even originate? Somebody told us that that's the way relationships work. I think it's just another one of those cliches that we've mistakenly believed to be truth. We have millions of them that, well, maybe not millions. Okay, but we have dozens and dozens of cliches that we live by. And, and we think that because someone created this very catchy phrase that it must be truth. You know, if you have your health, you have everything. No, you don't. If you have inner peace, you have everything. I know healthy people who are miserable. But peaceful people, even if they don't have good physical health, they are still the most, most content people in the world. So... Where did this concept of falling in and out of love come from? I don't particularly buy into that because how is it then that some have managed to share a lifetime of love? My parents were married 63 years when my dad passed away. 63 years. That's unheard of. In my generation, people just, I mean, they're lucky if they make it to 10 or 15 years. But there are actually people who commit themselves for a lifetime. And my parents had a good marriage. It wasn't that it was a, a bad marriage and they just stuck it out for the sake of the kids or my mom stayed for financial reasons. It was a good marriage. So what was their secret? 
Well, I'm going to share with you as we go through today's show exactly how people who have managed to stay in love for a lifetime have been able to do it. It's not an accident. Believe me, love isn't something that just happens, right? It's not something that you fall into. It's not something that we can't control. It's a choice. It's actually a decision that we make. You know, when I, after my marriage ended, I used to go to a lot of singles events. And one of the ones that was my favorite was a discussion group. Well, it was a discussion group and then there was a dance and a, you know, socializing afterwards. But I really enjoyed sitting in a group with other singles and discussing relevant topics. So the the topic one night was for each one of us to talk about a loving relationship. And, And the facilitator said it could be any kind of loving relationship. It could be something romantic. It could be between a parent and a child. It doesn't matter. So this one gentleman, now I was in my 30s at the time. This gentleman had to be in his 50s because he had grown kids. And I'll never forget when he said, I love being in love, but I know that that doesn't last. So I just go from one relationship to another. And I thought to myself, how sad, how sad that you can't sustain a relationship. That in love period, that's what he's going through is infatuation, which isn't reality. Okay, it's it's a fabricated a description that we create in our minds about what this person is all about. But it's not reality. We're not dealing with the reality because when reality sets in, it's not always so pretty. And yet there are people who choose to be in love even when they are faced with the reality. So here's the process of how uh, relationships begin. You initially meet someone. You have some type of an attraction. It might be physical attraction. You might think that that other person is really good looking. Or you might, you know, have start a conversation with them and realize that you have a lot in common. There might be a warmth or a sincerity about that person that you really are attracted to. And so you begin to date. You begin to see each other. And I don't mean formal dates. I mean, it could be phone calls. It could be, you know, dropping by each other's homes or, or spending time together, you know, Wherever it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a um, you know, a formal date, but as you progress, your feelings begin to intensify. Why? Because you're paying attention to everything that you like about this person. Oh my God, he's got the greatest sense of humor. Oh, she's so warm and sensitive. Oh my gosh, he's so brilliant. I love talking to him. Oh, she just cares so much about everybody that she meets. We're focusing on everything that we like and admire about that feeling, about that individual. And so our feelings begin to grow. Sometimes they develop into love. Now, that love may or may not lead to marriage, right? For some, it leads to, you know, an extended relationship. To some, it leads to a very long-term relationship. Sometimes people actually, you know, make that lifetime commitment to each other. But either way, that's basically how relationships progress. And then, (laughs) and then, at some point, feelings begin to change. Why does that happen? I deal with a lot of people who say, well, I can't help how I feel. You know, that's just the way that it is. Your feelings change. You, You can't really help it. Okay, I disagree with that one, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Sometimes individuals will blame the other person. Well, you make me feel this way. You know, you, you hurt my feelings or you made me angry or, or you embarrassed me. We hold other people accountable for how we feel. And if you have read my book, The Secret Side of Anger, you will know that I don't buy into that at all because every one of us chooses how we feel based on the thoughts that we choose to entertain in our heads. And then, of course, we begin to put conditions on our love. Well, if you were more like so-and-so, I would love you more. Or if you were different in this way, if you could just change this about yourself, I could love you. Really? Really? Because you know what? When you ask somebody to change, do you know that that is the most hurtful thing that you could say to them? Because in essence, what you're saying is you are not good enough the way you are. Well, how arrogant of me. You know, have I attained that state of perfection yet? And if I had, I would not be criticizing somebody else. So it's a very, very hurtful 
message. And then we make excuses for the way we feel and we blame the other person. And those things just don't make for healthy relationships. So the whole dynamic of the relationship begins to change. Why? Because initially what we're focusing on is everything we like and admire about that person, everything that we have in common. We're kind of thinking about the future and how wonderful it's going to be. So all of those great feelings, all of those positive thoughts are actually generating feelings of appreciation and feelings of attraction and feelings of love. And it isn't until our feelings begin to change, I'm sorry, until our thoughts begin to change about that person and we start focusing on the things about them that we don't like, that's when we run into trouble. And, you know, in any relationship, there are going to be disagreements. You're you're going to begin to notice a lot of your differences. You're a morning person. He's a night person. You're very athletic. She's very artistic. You're going to begin to notice you're a Republican. He's a Democrat, whatever that is. You're going to begin to notice your differences. And what happens is that creates conflict within a relationship because we feel uncomfortable with people who are different than we are. Unless, of course, you are so secure in yourself that you don't feel threatened or out of place with someone who is different than you are. It takes a lot of work for a lot of people to get to that point where they can disagree about things and be perfectly at ease with it. But very often what happens is disagreements turn into arguments, arguments progress into fighting, and then there's a breakdown in the relationship. It causes a breakdown in the feelings. We get into this whole issue of who's right and who's wrong. Oh, I wish people would just throw those two words out of their vocabulary. If I could burn them out of the dictionary, I would. I think nothing causes fights to escalate or disagreements to escalate into fights more than using those two words. Well, I disagree with you, and I know that I'm right. Oh, really? Well, how can you be so sure? Because I know that I'm right, and I can prove it. I mean, it, it causes more problems within the relationships, and then we get caught up in all the arguing and, and trying to prove ourselves right, and you never win when you do that, okay? You always end up offending the other person, embarrassing them, putting them down, making them feel less than, and you never end up winning, so it's really important when these di- disagreements come up, when, when we begin to see these differences, to be more accepting of them. And you can't do that again if you feel uncomfortable with yourself or uncertain with who you are. I feel very strongly about my faith. I'm, I'm a devout Catholic. I love my religion. But I'm very comfortable talking to Jews or Muslims or, or atheists. They don't threaten me. I'm, I'm very accepting of their beliefs. I, 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 you know, whatever works for you, as long as you're a kind person, that's really all that I care about. So we need to spend more time working on our self-esteem and our self-confidence and being comfortable with who we are. So when these disagreements and these differences begin to arise, they don't threaten the way we feel about the other party and they don't threaten the relationship. So again, I, I just want to reiterate that The reason why our relationships begin to break down and we begin to change how we feel about the other person is because we shift our focus from what we love and admire and respect and have in common with our partner to everything that we don't like, everything that is different about them, the way they speak, the way they dress, their opinions, their attitudes, their way of doing things. The more you focus on the negative, the more it changes how you feel. You lose sight of what you love and admired about that person from the get-go. The more you focus on the negative, the more it changes your feelings. I have an entire chapter in The Secret Side of Anger that I devote to a technique called Teco Magic. And Teco stands for Thought, Emotion, Choice, and Outcome. Every thought that we have generates an emotion. Every feeling is actually coming from our internal dialogue, what we're saying to ourselves. So if I'm saying things like, oh, God, I can't stand when he does that. Well, don't you think that's going to make me feel annoyed with him? But if I change my thoughts to, well, you know what? That's not really a big deal. It's different than I would do it, but it's not a matter of life and death. It's not putting me at risk. Well, then I feel more comfortable with it. I don't, I don't have to get so emotional over it. 
So pay attention to that, all right? And if you need a little bit of help with that, I really would encourage that you pick up a copy of The Secret Side of Anger. It's only $13. It's a real easy read, but it really will help you in all of your relationships. All right, we're going to take a break. Don't go away because we're going to come right back. Introducing a new paradigm for learning, development, and wellness, the Davis model of sound intervention. Discover the benefits of sound-based therapies, helping those on the autism spectrum with ADHD, learning disabilities, and wellness challenges of varying degrees. Sound is energy. The body resonates as energy and repatterning. Your internal energy supports change with how you think, learn, develop, and maintain a sense of wellness. To learn how sound may help you or a loved one, go to thedaviscenter.com. That's thedaviscenter.com. And could sound be the medicine of the future? Doreen Davis and the cycle of sound, a missing energetic link, introduces a model for the 21st century to balance the personal sound vibrations of each person. Read about a newly identified subtle energy system that supports a self-healing approach for the body to feel better, think more clearly, process what is being said, feel more alive, and so much more. Check out Amazon.com for the cycle of sound, a missing energetic link by Doreen Davis, setting the stage to integrate sound as the medicine of the future. Are you looking for a change in your life? Do you need a little spark, a little jolt? Then go to www.nosmallchallenge.com. Take the 30-day gratitude challenge, and then when you also teach the challenge, I guarantee your life will never be the same. Join the 30-day gratitude challenge today at www.nosmallchallenge.com. Welcome back. We are talking about the one key to make love last forever. But before we get back into that, I just want to remind you that I will be speaking at the Nurtured Spirit in Warwick. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New York on Thursday, February 28th at 7 p.m. I will be giving a lecture on my new book, The Great Truth, Shattering Life's Most Insidious Lies That Sabotage Your Happiness, along with the revelation of life's sole purpose. So you won't want to miss that. And if you're not available that day or if you don't live in the Warwick area, uh, come to New York City. I'll be at the New Life Expo on the weekend of March 22nd and 24th. And you can learn more about that by going to my website, fightforpowerseminars.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, click on my calendar of events, and you will see uh, all of the recent updates. And while you're there, don't forget to pick up a copy of The Secret Side of Anger and The Great Truth, two awesome books, real simple reads, but believe me, they will dramatically improve the quality of your life and help you to be more at peace and more serene with what's going on. And if you need me to speak or if you're looking for a good speaker, either for your place of of business, for your church, for your kids' schools, or if you're a teacher and you're listening... Well, if you're a teacher, you should be teaching, (laughs) unless if you're in a different part of the country and you're not in in class yet. But if you need a really, really good speaker, give me a call at 973-697-1904. I speak on a variety of topics, but they're all geared towards personal growth and self-improvement and emotional and spiritual wellness. And I'm also a spiritual life coach for those of you who don't realize it. I have a lot of clients all over the country. If you're not in my general vicinity and can't make it to my office for a private session, we can always do something by phone. So let me know about that. Uh, You can give me a call and I'll talk to you about that as well. And I do have a a blog. I want to remind you that after my show, sometime, (laughs) sometime after the show, it takes me a while to write it, but I do post a blog on my website, anger911.net. With all of the key points for today's show, so you can always check that out and forward that to your friends as well. And don't forget to follow me on all of the social media sites, Facebook, which I love, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, definitely connect with me because uh, I love to hear what you have to say as well. And if you want to be a guest on my show, definitely uh, get in touch with me. Or if you want to advertise your business, great place to, to advertise. People are doing great getting new customers and growing their business. All right, enough about all of that. Let's get back to 
today's topic, the one key to make love last forever. Well, I'm going to share with you a little story because I have been married to my husband, Mac, for 16 years. And I met him 17 years ago. We didn't know each other very long before we got married. And my first impression of him was that he was the sweetest man I had ever met. I, I will never forget that. I, I was out with my girlfriend one night and I met him. I spoke to him for about five minutes. And when my friend and I were driving home, she said, so what was that guy like? And I said, that's the sweetest man I ever met. I said, I'm coming back here next week and I'm going to get his phone number, which is something I never did. Never, ever, never asked a guy for his phone number. But there was something about him that I, I was very much attracted to. And so uh, I went back the next week and we met, we exchanged phone numbers and we started dating. And he truly was one of the sweetest men I've, I've ever known in my life. Very laid back, very easygoing. And so 10 months later, we got married. Now, that's not a very long period of time, but I figured, well, I dated my first husband for five years. We got married and that ended after 13. So <laughs> I, I don't it really matters how long you date someone. Um, I, I was, I'm a much better judge of character right now. So I married my husband and immediately afterwards <laughs> thought it was a big mistake. <laughs> Sorry, Mac. Not because there was anything wrong with him, but just because the marriage was not what I wanted it to be or what I thought that it was supposed to be. I was so disappointed. And the first five months really were torture for me. And to the point where I actually contemplated divorce. I mean, I was focusing on everything in this marriage that wasn't working right, everything that wasn't what I anticipated it to be. My whole attitude changed. And I, I really felt that I was, quote unquote, falling out of love with him. But And yet I don't believe in that concept. But my feelings for him were definitely changing. So then I thought, well, let me be a good wife. <laughs> let me fix him and make him better. <laughs> and I know if you're a guy and you're listening to this, you're, you're probably cringing when you hear me say that, but that is what good wives do, isn't it? <laughs> so I decided I was going to be very subtle, though. I wasn't going to be, you know, overt and right in his face. I wasn't going to try to change him that way. I thought I could be very subtle and kind of sneaky about this. The more I tried to get him to be something other than who he is, the more resistance he put up and the more tension grew in our relationship and the more frustrated I became and the more angry and disappointed because that is what happens. The more expectations and demands you put on one another, the more you are setting yourself up for being disappointed. You know, we marry someone and we accept them the way they are. And then once that ring is on our finger, then we think we have a right to try to change them. And I will never forget, as God is my witness, one night I heard God say to me, stop trying to fix him. He's not broken. <laughs> it's like somebody hit me over the head with a two by four. And God went on to say, see him as I see him. See him as a perfect creation. He is my child. I want you to love him as I love him unconditionally. No strings attached. No ifs, ands, or buts, or whens. Just love him unconditionally. Appreciate all of the beauty that I put inside of this man. And it was such a turning point for me. It was such a revelation. And I decided, you know what, if God is telling me to do this, because I knew in my heart that God had brought us together. There was no, no question in my mind that we were brought together through divine intervention. And so rather than end the marriage, I said, you know what, I really have to work at loving him. Sounds odd. I have to work at loving someone? Really? Because believe it or not, people are lovable. There's so much goodness and so much beauty inside of each and, one, each and every one of us because we are all children of God. Why is it so hard for us to see that? All right, I know why. Because some people cover all of that up with really nasty behavior. But the behavior is not who that individual is. Those are two separate and unique entities. I am not my behavior. My behavior, the way I speak, the way I act, I think the way I do things is simply a reflection of what I'm dealing with internally, but it's not who I am. I can 
into this world perfect like every other baby did, like you did, like my husband did. And loving someone means paying attention to that beauty. And so I decided that I was going to have a change of heart. I was going to change my attitude towards my husband. I was going to stop focusing on everything about him that I was unhappy about, the fact that he does not put things away when he's done using them. I decided to start focusing on everything about him that I love and appreciate. The fact that he is so easygoing, that he never asks me to be anything other than who I am, that he is funny, that he makes me laugh, that he's laid back, that he loves my kids and treats my children the same way that he treats his own and my grandchildren as well. You know, there's not a lot of men or, and not a lot of women that, can, that have stepchildren that actually treat them the same way they do their own flesh and blood. He's one of those men. So I have this little game that I play. Every time I find myself getting upset with him or irritated with him, I put myself back into the moment that I first met him. I relive that experience in detail. And I pay very close attention to what my first impression of him was. Those thoughts that I formed about him, his sweetness, his sense of humor, his easygoing attitude. That's what I focus on. And when I do that, it brings back all of those feelings that I had about him from the moment that I met him. It's not that hard to do. And the more we focus on all of that beauty and the more we focus on everything that's wonderful and unique and special about that individual, the more it generates those same kinds of feelings. See, we put too many expectations on each other. And those expectations are so unrealistic. When I, you know, when I married my husband, he was not <laughs> he was not the neatest person in the world. First time I went to his apartment, I was a little shocked to say the least. It was a typical bachelor pad. Dirty dishes in the sink and, you know, pillows on the couch that were all messed up and you know, pile of laundry in the laundry room. I mean, typical bachelor place. Why would I think that after we say I do, suddenly he will? <laughs> He's not going to change who he is. It, it wasn't important enough for him to make that change. So we have to be realistic. We have to look at the people in our life that we love and we have to ask ourselves, who is this person? What is important to them? What are they capable of? What are they willing and able to give in this relationship? And is what I'm expecting from them unfair? Is it unrealistic? Is it out of alignment with reality for who that individual is? And if that's the case, then I need to readjust those expectations and demands that I have, because that's going to, going to continually cause me more and more grief. I want to take a quick break and don't go away because I want to read something really beautiful to you that I wrote for my wedding, and it's my thoughts on love. On Saturday, February 23rd, Being Well Within is offering a complimentary program for anyone who is a caregiver. Don't let anger or resentment interfere in the care you give. Learn how to take care of yourself as well. Details and registrations are at www.workshopsbybeingwellwithin.com. That's workshopsbybeingwellwithin.com. Get gorgeous while you sleep. Turn back the clock 10 years. Our topical age-defying serum penetrates all seven levels of your facial tissue. A groundbreaking natural product to help skin repair and regenerate. Your face becomes luminous and younger looking. Eliminate fine lines, wrinkles, puffiness under your eyes, pitting and scarring. It hydrates dry aging skin while lifting and tightening. This topical product is safer and more effective than Botox. So if you have any questions or you'd like to order, give Barbara a call at 908 393-5582 or visit juiceru.com that's j-u-s-u-r-u.com forward slash support and don't forget if you're in need of a great motivational and inspirational speaker check out my website pfeifferpowerseminars.com there's so much good stuff there 
Uh, not only do I speak on anger management and conflict resolution, but I speak on spirituality. I do programs in schools on bullying and rumors and gossip, all kinds of great stuff. And don't forget to pick up a copy of The Secret Side of Anger and my new book, The Great Truth. And I hope that you'll be able to join us on February 28th at the Nurtured Spirit in Warwick, New York, or at the New Life Expo on the weekend of March 22nd to the 24th in New York City. Details are on my website at pfeifferpowerseminars.com. So back to today's topic, making love last a lifetime. I want to share with you my thoughts on love. This is something that I wrote for my wedding, and I actually read it to my husband. Some people think that love is a feeling, an emotion, something that you fall into and sometimes fall out of. Something that just happens. Something that you can't control. But I believe that love is so much more than that. I believe that love is very definitely a feeling, but not exclusively a feeling. Love is also a decision, a behavior, a conscious choice. What first stirs feelings of love within us for another is recognizing the beauty, the goodness, the specialness that God created within that person. And that beauty never changes. That specialness never diminishes. Sometimes we just lose sight of it. Sometimes we focus on a person's behavior. They may be acting angry, depressed, selfish, defensive, or sarcastic. But it is the behavior that we dislike. But that behavior is not the person. They are two very separate entities, and we need to remember to keep them separate. The reason why we feel sometimes that we have fallen out of love is because we choose to focus on the person's behavior rather than who they are intrinsically. We lose sight of the very essence of who they are, and that essence is God. And God is pure love. To love someone is to recognize and honor God's presence within. Loving someone means not only feeling love, but also treating that person in a loving way every day. To love someone is to care enough about them to do what is best for them, even when the feeling of love is not apparent. This takes a conscious effort. This is the decision to love. To say, I love you, is easy. To live, I love you, is not. Relationships are not about being in love. Relationships are about becoming a loving person. And to become a loving person is the greatest reward in life. And I have to say that that is something that I take very, very seriously. I do pay attention. I do care about being a loving person. In my marriage, one of my greatest focuses is to always treat my husband as though he is the most important person in my life. There's a little simple catchphrase that I use that helps me to remember how I want to treat him. And it's to always treat your mate like your date. We look at the way we treat our partner. Would we have ever treated them that way if we were just dating them? Never in a million years because they would have dumped us like a hot potato. Why does that change after we're married? I tell you I love you. I tell you that I'm committed to you for the rest of my life. And then I treat you like a piece of garbage. And we wonder why relationships break down. So it's important to remember to separate the behavior, which is something that people learn. It's just their way of coping with whatever life is handing them at that moment. And that can be changed. Any behavior can be changed. But we need to remember to separate the person's behavior from their intrinsic beauty, which is their nature. That is the way God created them. That's what we need to focus on. And make sure that in your relationships, like I have this attitude that my role as Mac's wife is to always bring out the best in him, not to bring out the worst. It's to bring out the best in him. What can I say to him? How can I treat him in such a way that he will, he will share his goodness and, and his, his beauty with me at that moment? If that is the focus of your relationship, it will change the dynamics of how you treat one another. You know, one of my favorite songs uh, by Kenny Rogers has a line in it and it says, you can't blame someone for what you loved about them in the first place. How many times do we do that? Oh, we love the fact that they're so laid back. And then we marry them, and then we we change the definition of who they are. All of a sudden, that laid back becomes lazy. Or that 
that uh, intelligence becomes arrogance. Why do we relabel that? You know, we love this about the individual initially. We cannot blame them now because they are still the same way. Remember, too, that your role in marriage is not to change or improve the other person. Believe me, you got enough work to do on yourself. And I, and I speak from personal experience. I still got a lot of work to do on myself. So my role is not to change or improve my husband because, again, the message that you give them is that you're not good enough. I can't think of anything more hurtful to say to my husband than, well, you know, you're okay, but you need a lot of improvement. You need a lot of work done on you. Really? Because I'll tell you, if he had that attitude towards me, I don't know how long I'd be here. We've been married now for 16 and a half years. I don't think I would have lasted. So pay attention to the message that you're giving your husband don't, or, or wife or partner, right? Don't work on changing them. Work on, on changing yourself, improving yourself. And remember, too, to compliment your partner daily. And not just you saying nice things. Does somebody ever compliment the person that you're with and then you never tell them about it? I mean, what's, what's, more, what's more gratifying? First-hand compliment or a second-hand? I love getting the ones. I, I love hearing somebody say to me, oh, you know what? So-and-so and I were talking about you the other day, and she said yada, yada, yada. And I just thought you'd like to know that. Wow. Like, how cool is that? Because sometimes when people pay you a compliment, you're never really quite sure if they're sincere. They might feel like they have to say something nice. But when it comes from a third party or a second party, it seems for some reason to have more meaning. So not only do I compliment my husband, I let him know, sometimes in little notes, right? Sometimes he's not around when I have a really sweet thought about him. So I'll just jot it down on a post-it note, and then I'll leave it on his desk in his office. I make sure that anytime I feel good about him for anything, and sometimes I'll thank him for something he did like 100 years ago. I think probably about 15 years ago, I, I came home. I had driven. I had a, a speaking engagement that was four hours away from my home. And it was all the way down in South Jersey. So I drove all the way down there. And as I'm driving home, I can hear my muffler getting louder and louder and louder. And as I pull in the driveway, it, it was like 6 o'clock at night. I pull in the driveway, the whole muffler, the whole exhaust system falls off my car. <laughs> so he came home from work a few minutes after that. And I said, oh, by the way, I said, my exhaust system fell off. And he says, what time is dinner? I said, it'll be ready in about an hour. Next thing I know, he's gone. He runs down to the auto parts store, picks up an exhaust system, comes home, puts it on my car, walks in the door. And I said, oh, dinner's ready. This is the kind of guy I'm married to. So how can I not love him? Even though there are things about him that I'm not particularly fond of, but I make sure that I appreciate him all the time, even if it's for something that happened a long time ago. It doesn't matter. I'd like to get those compliments. If somebody forgot to thank me for something I did last year, tell me now. It still means the same to me. All right, and make sure, you know, a lot of times we, when we get into these disagreements with people, we get into this whole issue of right and wrong. Please eliminate that from your discussions, unless, of course, if you want to let the other person know that they're right. You know, if you disagree and all of a sudden it dawns on you like, oops, I think I've got my facts here a little screwed up. <laughs> let the other person know that they're right. All right. It really does. Believe me, it's it's not about giving in. It's about acknowledging the truth of what it is you're dealing with and letting them know that you recognize their position. And even if you don't, even if you disagree, say, you know what, I respect your position and I'm okay with the fact that you and I disagree on this. All right. So let go of that whole need to be right. You can be right in your marriage, but you know what? If you're right enough, it's not going to last. And I always like to think about, you know, my 50th wedding anniversary. I don't know that I'll make it that long. I think I have to live to be over a hundred, but what do you, what is it, what is it that you would like your spouse to say about you? Imagine toasting with champagne after being married for 50 years. What would you like your spouse to say about you? Well, you know what? You got to start doing that now. Start living your life in such a way now that you will receive those compliments at the end of your marriage. And I just want to share something with you, too. And I, I wish I knew who the author of this was. I would give them credit. So if you know, please tell me and I'll make sure that I, I pass that along. It's called the circle of love. Love is like a circle. The more a man loves a woman, the better he treats her. The better he treats her, the more she loves him. The more she loves him, the better she treats him. And the better she treats him, 
the more he loves her. And the more he loves her, the better he treats her. And so on. So where does your love begin? You know, it's like a circle. The better you treat your husband or, or wife, the more they love you. The more they love you, the better they treat you. All right? And it just becomes a circle. So take that into consideration, okay? Be the one who initiates that circle of love. It will pay off big time in the end. So I want to share with you the key to the one key to make love last forever. Remember, love is a conscious choice. It's not something that you fall into and you fall out of. Here is the key. Pay attention to your thoughts. The more you focus on the negative, the more it damages your relationship, the more it tears it apart. Every time you focus on everything you don't like about that person, everything that's wrong, everything that you wish would change, it's going to change how you feel about them. And when it changes how you feel, it changes how you treat them. And the whole relationship begins to deteriorate. When you focus on the positive, Focus on what you love about them. Focus on what you appreciate. Focus on the little things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be anything big. But the more you focus on feelings of love, the more you create those feelings. Be appreciative. Be grateful for everything that that person brings into your relationship, for everything that they are, and you will feel more love for them. The better we treat them, the more they love us, The more they love us, the better they treat us as well. So we are out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure that you tune in again next Wednesday, 9 a.m. for another edition of Anger 911. And send me an email at Janet at Anger911.net. Love to hear from you. Have a wonderful, love-filled week. Make Valentine's Day special for you and somebody else. Bye-bye, my friends. Imagine Surrounded by your glory One will my heart feel Will I dance for you, Jesus Or in all of you be still Will I stand in your presence Or to my knees will I fall Will I sing